Untitled Beatles podcast. Well, uh, uh, keep it. <laughs> Welcome to the Untitled Beatles podcast. I'm Tony. And I'm Tony. <laughs> and I'm Tony. And we're <laughs> together. We're Tony. Yeah. Tony. <laughs> uh huh. So if you know someone named Tony, just so you know, they've probably heard the Tony, Tony, Tone joke or whatever reference for their entire lives. What have you heard more, that or the Frosted Flakes Tiger? Oh, I don't really ever hear that one anymore. No. Oh, you're going to get it so hard. <laughs> We're going to, all the listeners are going to fucking Frosted Flakes your ass. Well, all right, TJ, we've done our introduction. What are we getting into today? Today we're going to talk the third in a series of self-titled Paul McCartney records. You know, Paul McCartney's had a lot of records. It's always funny when people are like, oh, it's Paul's third solo record. <laughs> no, he's got 119 albums. Right. It's the third in his solo solo career. McCartney 1, not called McCartney 1, <laughs> but I'm doing it just for this. McCartney from 1970, McCartney 2 from 1980. And one of the miracles, one of the honest-to-God true miracles in a difficult year is having a new Paul McCartney record out kind of out of nowhere. Uh, it, it actually helped change my December. Uh, I, I am, while this is not going to be my favorite album that Paul McCartney's ever released, I feel so grateful that in a really down year that this man is still making music and music of a pretty high level of quality. I agree, man. Yeah. And this is fun for us. Cause this is the first time we're doing something. That's a brand new release of new music from a Beatle. It's it's the first time we're doing something new, and next week we'll look at the Capitol album, something new, featuring like nine songs from the Hard Day's Night soundtrack you bought yeah. two weeks ago. So I guess this is his 18th solo album. Does that include like the uh, Fireman and Liverpool Oratorio, and Family Way, and the, yeah? What, what was the what was the one in the 70s? What was that one? Thrillington. It was released on December 18th of 2020 at, at this taping just uh, a week and a half ago or so. And it was the first Paul McCartney number one in the UK since uh, 1989, Flowers in the Dirt. Flowers in the Dirt, another great, great album. Um, another thing about this, uh, this, is the, this record has the most copies of any record sold on vinyl <laughs> since 1991. This has moved more copies on LP than any vinyl record since 1991, which is a wow. uh, now some of that's because he's got 19 different versions. Yeah, the Third Man Records yellow version, the uh, uh, Newberry Comics blue version. Like there's yeah. there's so many versions. The Target had a green version. Like yeah, it, it's I will say I had a dilemma as a collector. Because if I were in my 20s or even my 30s and not married and didn't have a kid, <laughs> I would have bought seven or eight of these. Yeah, there's a lot of them, man. You can even buy the test pressing, which is kind of goofball. Well, they made like three or four of those. Like it, it's, it's on cassette. I'm holding in my hands That's groovy. the cassette from 2020 of McCartney 3. That's how I heard of the first. Because my, my Spotify vinyl, which you recommended, Tony, 
um, has not come in yet. Ah, and it should be noted that the vinyl versions are in a different sequence than the streaming versions, and the because the one of those songs is nine minutes long, they had to flip it around. Yes, uh, on 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 the uh, on the cassette slide in open side two on the vinyl deep deep feeling open side two. There you go. There's the distinction. Uh, so yes, you can purchase this album in uh, several varieties. There's of course classic black. Uh, yellow with three polka dots, only 333 copies of those out there. That's your collector's item. 130 gram Coke bottle clear. There's 3,000 of those. Oh, this is getting, here's collector scum. <laughs> collector's corner. Uh, you got yellow, violet. The pink is the Newberry comics. You can get it in red. You can get it in green, like you said, from Target. You can get it in orange from something called You Discover. Uh, now I'm doing PR for all these. Th- anyway, this <laughs> you, you want to hear something dirty, uh, Tony? You discover is Universal's online store. Universal, of course, owns the rights now to EMI, so that's that's them. Sh- oh. That's almost like an official Paul McCartney pressing from Universal. I thought it was some credit card crap. Uh, <laughs> you can also get it in blue, and then if you go to like an indie record store, I think they have it in white. I love I, yeah. I bought my copy and I don't wear a mask because I think it's overrated. <laughs> I bought my copy at the Capital One Cafe where I go to have coffee and talk to my banker. It's such a great place to have coffee and just talk about banking. I love the Capital One Cafe. <laughs> On Southport, uh, like around Wellington oh, or something. Right? Maybe Southport <laughs> used to be so great. Some of our favorite restaurants, Cuba, and some of these great restaurants on Southport. And now it's Noodles and Company, the Capital One Cafe, and like a fucking J. Crew. And an Amazon bookstore. Oh, God. Yeah, man. Yeah. You know what? Life just keeps getting worse. But that, thank God that <laughs> Paul McCartney put this record. You know, he yeah. released it in, uh, recorded it while in Rockdown. I don't know if you knew about that, TJ. Don't like it. <laughs> it's too cute. Ro- Rockdown is the equivalent of the press video where he's on the tube in London <laughs> pretending people don't know who he is, but everyone's losing their fucking minds because Paul McCartney's on the tube. And it's Paul just like, I'm an everyman. Right. Rock, da- rock down is the word equivalent of the press video. It is, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know who came up with that, but he's been using it. Uh, it was recorded. He, I guess he lives uh, near this Hog Hill Mill studio, which is in Sussex. Uh, it's on the southern coast between Brighton and Dover. I looked it up. I'm like, where is this place? Where does... Yeah, so it's south, it's down there by the English Channel. And uh, yeah, he had a couple of engineers, but he's basically playing everything on this album uh, with the exception of one song. Slide. Uh, Slide and has some help from his band, but just two guys. Yeah, other than that, he keeps it very much like McCartney 1971 and McCartney 2 1980. And yeah. Yeah, there's a symmetry about these uh, new decade years, him releasing this record. And again, kind of unplanned, similar to McCartney 2, you know. Circumstances said, okay, I guess I'll put out some some home-recorded slash, you know, self-produced stuff. Uh, and I think a case can be made, and I never thought I would say this, I think a case can be made that we can revisit at the end of our track-by-track track rundown, Tony, that it's the best of the three McCartney albums. I think I think the quality and sturdiness of the songs, there is less flotsam on this album than I think the other two. For sure, yeah. I'd be hard-pressed to find anything that's considered filler 
in 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 that like oh here's just an instrumental jam with nothing I don't know and it breaks down and there's mistakes on it. Yeah, these are all pretty much songs that have different parts and this kind of a thing. And let's let's go track by track because it's a different McCartney album than the classic era album certainly, but it fits nicely with um, the Egypt stations of the world. I think it's better than new. So let's uh, let's go track by track on this album and. Uh, starting out with, um, long tailed, my autocorrect called it long table winter bird. (laughs) Um, but yeah, starting out with long tail winter bird is just this awesome acoustic guitar riff that then gets all crunchy. Yeah. And the repetitive lyrics, it's like at some point in this, it threatens to get monotonous, but it never does because the hook and the tempos, and even the, the the slight lyrics, do you miss me? Do you feel me? Kind of resonate. It's like a it's a great welcoming opener. <laughs> yeah, I like it. No, actually I don't like this song, but I like his dr- <laughs> Yeah, how do I do this? I um, You don't need right. to agree. When have we agreed <laughs> on everything? No, it's true. It's true. But I like this record. Yeah, for me, it starts off. Uh, I find the acoustic thing, the the riff, to be a bit of an earworm. So I find it to be a little grating and irritating. And okay. it is five minutes and sixteen seconds long. You know, so for me, that's a little long for a song that just kind of is a jam. That so this song came out of the last song on this record. Not to jump ahead too much, but. He came up with a little intro for a song called When Winter Comes that dates back to 92, and we'll get to that when we get to that. But that riff was just a way to kind of like dress up this old song that he wanted to kind of revive, a song from the Flaming Pie Sessions, right? Flaming Pie? No, no, 92. It, so it was it, it was recorded along with a song that wound up on Flaming Pie. I'm pretty sure it was part of the. It might have been part of the Calico Skies sessions. But, You're correct. Yes, but Calico that's Skies wasn't from. used till '97's Flaming Pie. That's where I got confused because I know. Fl- okay, okay. So yeah, man, all these songs are from everywhere. <laughs> that's right. He's got a million albums. It happens. Yeah. Right. So that was a little riff that lasts about 12 seconds or however long at the beginning of a song called when winter comes yep. and I get it. He's like, Oh, this could be something more than just a 12 second thing. And I agree. I just think it, maybe it should have been more like two and a half minutes. You know, I didn't need it to go five minutes, but I love when they do put some overdrive into the acoustic. And I think his drumming is really great on this. Yes. I know I've been holding Paul to these like <laughs> unfathomable heights for his drumming. Like you've got to be good. How come Paul McCartney ain't Neil Peart? <laughs> exactly. Who does he think he is? <laughs> exactly. But the dude has feel and the dude can play. So I just want to be on the record to say that I think he's a great drummer. Uh, for someone who is that's not their first instrument. I like those calliope sounds that come in around three minutes and 37 seconds in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like I said, I could have used them at like maybe 90 seconds in, but that's me. I'm impatient. I stopped reading. It's 2020. I didn't no, like Happy it. New Year. I didn't like the book. I burned it. That's what you do. It had thoughts that challenge my perceptions. So I burned it. Yeah. 
It's um, I I like it. I actually one of my notes too is even every time I would play this on cassette, the beauty of having it on tape is you only hear it after you get back to the uh to, to the beginning. But right. I feel like it never becomes monotonous because he keeps it interesting, and I feel like it's it, it the earworm quality to this is what draws me into the record. Okay, well, there you go. Now the next song is one I I, I dig a little more. Uh, it's kind of the unofficial single of this of this record so far, at least the lead track, I guess we'll call it. Find My Way. I like this one. It's poppy. It's fun. I like all the layers going on. I guess he's got like 20 different guitar parts or something going on. But uh, Yeah, and they're these yeah. great like almost 1970s. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like Junior's Farm, but it's got those kind of 70s guitar licks to it. Yeah, um, I almost I, this is it's a weird reference, but uh, one of the guys from the Black Keys. Where are you with the Black Keys? Are you yay or nay with the Black Keys? I am. I'm probably closer to nay. So I'm. I'm. Uh, so yeah, I'm a look. So I'm. I like fucking John Spencer Blues Explosion. If I want to hear that kind of music, I'm going to put the stuff that fucking destroys your fucking brain. <laughs> <laughs> to me, they're Fair. like they're a little safe for me. But yeah, yeah, well, sure they're. I, Good guys. I like the Black Keys because I like my rock safe and corporate and major la- <laughs> and major labeled from the beginning. I know. If you no, ain't, I'm the asshole. If if you ain't on Arista, don't waste my time. <laughs> At any rate, what I, I I like the Black Keys, and one of their main guys, Dan Arbach, released a uh, solo album last year that was kind of fine, kind of you didn't ever need to hear it, where he tried to do like a 70s rock record. And this song to me sounds like what Dan Arbach was trying to do. It's Paul writing a sunny 1970s pop rock song uh, that fits his voice really well. He he wrote it simple enough. The melody is not difficult, and it fits his age's voice right now really well. I can see why it's the quote unquote single for this. There's no physical single being pressed, as far as I know. Um, but if it is, yeah. it'll be in nine different colors and with fourteen <laughs> bonus tracks. Yeah. Ooh, get get the Japanese edition for the phone demo of Kiss of Venus. <laughs> it's only another forty two dollars. <laughs> 
<laughs> God damn it, yep. Paul. Um, but I, yeah. I, I, I love the song. I think it is charming and sturdy, and I think it's a really fun. It feels right in in the two hole coming off uh, long uh, long tail winter bird. I know my way around. I walk towards the light. I'm open round the clock. I don't get lost at night. And also, did you catch that? He throws in that uh, Beatles sixth chord. Uh, yes. On the end. It's a, fa- it's a fake ending in a major six. And then he returns and it's cool that it comes back. Like, I don't, this one doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah. I, I, I dig this comes back. Yeah, that major six is awesome. It's cool. And lyrically, the song, it's about, it's kind of about COVID anxiety and kind of finding a way out of the, uh, you know, the spiral, the doom scroll. And here's another couple notes on this. I wrote, this would have been the second best song on New. Hmm. I feel like this song, yeah, like new, new needed more songs like this. It also sounds like it could fit on Electric Arguments, that Fireman hmm. album from, what, 07. The bridge feels like it's lifted a little from the lead track from Memory Almost Full called Ever Present Fast. But this song is better. And I love the when the kind of the keyboard horns come in and the harpsichord. This is just a great winning tune. Yeah, man. It makes me feel proud <laughs> to still love Paul McCartney yeah. at his age making this great new music that we don't deserve as a fucking dumb society. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that's the that is the big thing with this record is the context of age. You know, a seventy-eight-year-old man playing all the instruments, I know, except for sliding, but <laughs> basically playing every damn thing and doing it well. And he yeah. still got it. And his, his voice has changed as we'll hear in some of these other songs, but he's working with it. He's working with the tools he still has, and he's got a fucking ton of them. And to your point, Tony, he calls it out when he sings, I know my way around. I've walked toward the light is a great lyric in the song that really exemplifies everything you just said about where he's at. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's rad. All right, well, moving on to the third track, Pretty Boys. Look into my lens. Give me all you got. Work it for me, baby. Let me take my best shot. Meet the pretty boys. A line of bicycles for hire. Objects of desire. On. What's, what are these lyrics, man? Uh, I wrote this could also fit on new, but not in a complimentary way. <laughs> you know, this, I mean, God bless him. It's Paul singing about male models on bicycles. The yeah. har- harmonies are nice. Where I make the new comparison is it sounds the voice is a bit like early days. And it's another kind of 
slower ballady song like early days of course more autobiographical i don't think paul ever considered himself a pretty boy it's also tough in 2020 when i'm constantly paranoid about the fucking proud boys to see the title <laughs> pretty boys and not wonder if it's a commentary on the these uh, our country's newest brand of nazis right is, uh, uh, yeah. it's just maybe i make that connection because i'm an idiot but i, I have yeah i i did not make that connection but uh yeah <laughs> right yucky it's yucky it is yucky yeah i just thought to me the lyrics are a little like they're too weird for me like or literal or whatever you want to say like looking into the camera I, I, yeah 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 not my favorite not my favorite but not a piece of give shit, it, shit either. give it your best shot the double opportunity and literal camera reference don't like it you know he's just trying to get on that hamilton bandwagon let's face it <laughs> Bandwagon. <laughs> All right. Next week, we're going to take every song from Hamilton and compare it to its McCartney written cousin. <laughs> I am not throwing away my shot. This fourth song, Women and Wives, I like this one a lot. Again, this is one where his voice has changed. You hear it, especially at the very beginning. Uh, I think he was inspired by Lead Belly, I guess. He he read a book about it. but um, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean to correct you. He was inspired by Pot Belly. He had his first <laughs> wreck in a long time. He's been a vegetarian. Got it with extra jardinera. And uh, so the song. <laughs> uh, you're right. It, it's about Pot Bellies. <laughs> How come Pot Belly stopped carrying sun chips? <laughs> I do love you. I do, <laughs> I do love your Chicago moron character. He's one of my favorites. Angry Chicago guy's my favorite. You want to tell me why since Obama you can't get sun chips and pop bellies? Right. Now they're going to build a museum and this on vacant the, land? And this is a guy that gets paid $55 an hour to take a nap in a Streets right. and Sands fucking truck. <laughs> Parked on lower Wabash. <laughs> and I never liked Daryl Washington. I didn't fucking ask you. I didn't ask the question. Um, when this song kicked in, uh, first of all, I like, I love the feel of the song with the piano and the drums. And he's playing Bill Black's bass on this. Bill Black, for, uh, the original trio of Elvis, Scotty Moore, and Bill Black back in the day, he used to play this upright bass that he would like jump on and and kind of upstage Elvis uh, in the very early days before the colonel said, hey, man, back off. Don't stand on your bass. Don't do any of that monkeying around shit on your bass. You're here to just play behind this boy. <laughs> anyway, Bill Black. So Paul acquired that bass and he plays it on this. But is the opening vocal to me, it sounded like Danzig. Like 92, How the Gods Kill era Danzig. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. All right. I the devil. This is not one of my favorites. I feel like oh, I, 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 I like the sentiment. It's fun to hear piano, but I feel like this one just kind of drags along a little bit. I feel like the beat is unsure of itself. I can't explain oh. it. Actually, oh, I, well, yeah, it is. It's not a standard beat. Yeah, he's playing on like the. Yeah, it's almost triplets ones. in the song. That the, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a little weird. Um, a lot of the press I've read about this calls it his Lady Madonna voice. I don't know what that means. Just because he's singing a little bluesy with a piano. 
Um, yeah, I think because it's coming from like, you know, like it's coming from that Fat Albert place that we all have. <laughs> Paul's Fat Albert. Den- uh, Denny Lane is Mushmouth. <laughs> have you heard Go Now? Linda, Linda's Weird Harold. <laughs> Dude, I've been to IO. Every Harold's a Weird Harold. <laughs> Life's a Harold. Weird Harold. That's fine. Life is a Harold. I want a private all. I used to have to play that song on the radio, and his name's Tom Cochran, but I used to say, I used to call him Tom Cochring. And my program director would say, you can't say that. So edgy. My generation's man cow. And I mean that politically. Um, yeah, so not, a, not, not, not one of my favorite tunes on here, but again, right. uh, like it's not, it's not a bad song and it, it doesn't feel like filler. And I, re- the lyrics, I really respect. I respect what he's saying, you know, um, how we live our lives. Uh, it's how we treat others is kind of the message of the song. And that's really important. Uh, then we get into a curious song, Lava- Lavatory Lil, because he never does say Lavatory Lil, because he's British. So it's Lavatory Lil. When I first heard this, I was like, ah, oh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's a rocker. It's the shortest song on there. It's only 222. But the lyrics, I guess, he's he since changed his tune on this. Do you know about this? Yeah, well, it was. I think it. I. Th- I think it was inferred that it was about Heather Mills, but he said, "No, you're wrong." Is that what you've read? Yeah, yeah. The things I've heard that he said it was about someone that basically screwed him over, and that this was kind of a revenge song. And he said, "You know, he'll never say who it's about." And then people, I think, started to think like, "Oh, this is about Heather Mills." And now he is. Now he's saying that it's a song about a fictional character, and he he keeps uh, comparing it to like Polythene Pam. Who I also believe was a real person that it was from like the 64 American tour. Like some woman showed up at their hotel room, like only covered in saran wrap or whatever, you know. I always thought it was about Channel 2's Pam Zekman. <laughs> oh, be careful. Man, if you see her with a microphone coming after you, you better run, you better run man. <laughs> do, do you know Channel 2 fired her during the pandemic and did, like, did it by Aww. email? She'd been there for like 40 years and Channel 2 just coldly fired Pam's Oh, she's great. And yeah, and you know, she's got one of those signed pictures up at the Billy Goats, so. Yeah, she's badass. Pastor got a call to City Hall. I'm going to call Pam Zetman. She gets things done. Are you selling phony IDs? So much for love, but you live. So much for love, but you live. You think she'd be friendly, but you're looking for a Bentley and she'd rather go and swallow it. That's it for Lavatory Lil. She's acting like a starlet, but she's looking like a harlot as she's slowly heading over the hill. 
Yeah. It's got to be about Heather Mills. It must uh, be. I mean, uh, it's it's this song is 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 quick. It's not a deep song. My favorite thing of this is Paul's lead. Sounds like his lead guitar on Another Girl. He's doing oh, some yeah, of those man. some of those twangy runs. Hashtag try. I eat that every time I go to Popeyes. I get the twangy runs. That chicken sandwich, by the way, had it for the first time last month. It's worth it. It is worth the hype. Are you serious? That spicy chicken sandwich is real good. I mean, I right. bled out of you know where for about two weeks. You got the twangy runs, I heard. <laughs> you get the twangy runs. Well, that's a 1954 Telecaster going through a Vox AC30 amp. Cool. I, so there you go. I man. did not know that, but it sounds it sounds a lot like another girl from Help, which Paul played lead on. So yeah, dig it. Not a favorite. God bless it. All right, let's tackle this thing. Deep, deep feeling. One of the two songs to feature the word deep in it, twice. Well, this time twice. Uh, yeah. So this is the longest song on the record. It's eight and a half minutes. Eight twenty-five. Interest. I don't know. What do you think? I love the sentiment. It has some of my favorite. McCartney lyrics of the last 20 years. Um, the, yeah. the deep, deep pain of feeling. Sometimes I wish it would stay. Sometimes I wish it would go away. Emotion is, is to me very poetic. And I think that's a guy who's also had a lot of tragedy. We feel like Paul McCartney's had a charmed existence. And of course he has, he's Paul McCartney, but his writing partner with whom they, had the most successful collaboration in the history of uh, music collaborations was murdered. His wife, who we just loved, uh, uh, endlessly, uh, slowly died in front of him. Um, yeah. I, I mean, he's had a ton of tragedy. and He lost his mother early, too. He lost his, uh, one of the things that bonded him with, with John. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, you feel your heart is going to burst. Sometimes I wish it would stay. Sometimes I wish it would go away. Uh, it feels like a track that could have fit nicely on chaos and creation of the backyard. It's very, hmm. it's very introspective. And some of that comes from after the after the fake out ending, right? Uh, fades out at seven twenty, then comes back. Uh, it resolves to a major key out of nowhere. A little like how kind of you, a great song from Chaos and Creation. This all of a sudden resolves and ends in a major key after this kind of dark, almost ominous, emotional journey. He's ending on an uplifting note in a way that only fucking Paul McCartney, maybe Brian Wilson, but in a way that, in my mind, only Paul McCartney can get away with. I think this song is a stunner. It does overstay its welcome, but the change at the end, to me, justifies the length. You know that deep, deep feeling When you love someone so much You feel your heart's gonna burst The feeling goes from best to worst you feel your heart is gonna burst Sometimes I wish it would stay Sometimes I wish it would go away Sometimes I wish it would stay Sometimes I wish it would go away I like what he's doing here to me. Like this sounds like Paul making music the way people are making music now, which is has these like collage 
elements to it where things come in and out or something gets just a ton of mid on it all, all of a sudden and it sounds like you're underwater or whatever. There's, it's, it's like a Bowie also, like later Bowie feel to it. Yeah. Here in my heart, oh. I feel a deep devotion. It almost hurts. Oh. It's such a deep emotion. Time it rains, it sometimes gets too much. You know I feel the pain when I feel your loving touch. Emotion burns in the ocean of love. You got that hot emotion burns in the ocean of love. The deep, deep pain of feeling. Yeah, it's long, and he knew it was long too. In fact, he always meant to cut it down, but as he just listen to it more and more he's just like you know what i'm fucking paul mccartney (laughs) deal with it i'm just gonna put it out you know so i i yeah i like it but yeah to me it's too long i like that last bit after the fake out ending and he comes back where it resolves to that major i love that bit yeah it's 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 just i i am grading i didn't grade mccartney two on a curve i do grade mccartney three on a curve because i'm so appreciative that 78 he's still doing this it, yeah. It's it's at what I really feel like we don't appreciate. Not you and I, we're crazy, but I feel like the masses don't appreciate what Paul McCartney's doing enough, and the fact that he's remained jovial, likable, accessible, present. Other than allegedly threatening uh, Heather Mills with her own leg, he's been pretty free. <laughs> he's been largely free of controversy. Remember that story? Yeah. Tonight on British Sky News, McCartney goes after wife with her own leg. You're like, what? <laughs> Fuck you, Rupert Murdoch. Stop talking about that stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I like the song a lot, and I grade it on a higher curve because he's doing it. I agree, man. So on the next song, Slide, and he gets a little help from his friends... See what I did there? Ding! Save it for the promo. (laughs) (laughs) But Abe and Rusty from his band, Abe on drums and Rusty on lead guitar, help him out on this song that I guess it came out of a sound check. I guess he would tape his sound checks and they'd play for like an hour and they were, you know, this is just them warming up and a riff came out of it, which, uh, yeah, turned into a song. And I believe you can listen to that slide and sound check on one of those B-sides if you get the J- Japanese version of this record. If you get the, the blue CD. That's one thing that we should also mention, too. There are four bonus tracks that Paul issued one track at a time on four different colored CDs. So if you want or all four bonus tracks... You need to buy this album four times. I'm sorry. I'm a diehard. I bought the fucking Explorer edition of Egypt Station. It's like $80. I don't know what. My kid won't go to college because of Paul McCartney. But even I draw the line at buying this album four times for like, again, like the, ooh, the the Dusseldorf version of Deep Down. Like, no. I don't need it. I'll rip it from YouTube for free. I've earned it. You know no, what I mean, true. Tony? Oh, I know. I mean, you're, yeah. you're, you're not as obsessive of a collector as I am. Well, I can't like, be. I don't. <laughs> I have rent. I, 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 well, listen, I've seen rent, and I'm not going to pay this year's rent, last year's rent, and we can all agree everything is rent. I like the movie when the original cast was all in their 50s, and then they did that. Um, oh, Rosario Dawson just turned 75. Let's cast her in the movie of Rent. Um but yeah, like, uh, but it's it's been my hobby collecting all the iterations of stuff. I mean, it's why I have so many versions of Revolver and Rubber Soul, the weird pressings. But 
No, I'm not. I'm not going to buy this four times. I love you, Paul, but I'm not going to do it. I'll steal the tracks. <laughs> This song, Sliding, I, I love how heavy it is. I love that, like, he's always been into heavy sounds, you know? Even, like, you could call Long Tall Sally heavy, but for sure, things like Helter Skelter, you know? Yeah, he does it again at age 78. I like that he's, and it doesn't feel like oh, he's trying, you know what I mean? I feel, I, I buy it. Not the four versions, but I'll buy one. <laughs> right. Yeah, I um I agree with you. It also does feel like a soundcheck jam because that's what it is. And that's okay. So this song to me actually may be the closest thing to filler on the record. Hmm. And I think it's better than any of the filler on the other two solo McCartney albums. I like his vocals on it. I like the quality of the vocals on it. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes sense that he would go high with everything being so low, especially, I guess, on the drums. He uh, recorded them twice the speed. So when you hear those... That's why they're so thundering, because they're basically being played back uh, an octave lower. It's cool. Then we get on to Kiss of Venus. Uh, this, to me, sounded kind of like an old school Paul song, almost like Esher-esque to me. Mm. I like it. It has three parts, you know, so it's not like a throwaway. There's a harpsichord solo on it. Yeah. The, the wormy part that starts it is not my favorite part, but the rest of it I, I really dig. Yeah, I, I love that you put in that kind of Ishiri, um, uh comparison because it sounds a bit like a late-era White album Beatles tune. The use of the harpsichord gives it that, that kind of Beatle-y feel. Um, I, it's not my favorite song on the record. Uh, I feel like it's really well, it's really well written. Uh, I love the lyric, A Most Harmonic Sound. Because it can mean so many different things, um, uh, as a metaphor, as a literal, uh, you know, a musical concept. But yeah, it's it's I, I I dig it. It is not my favorite song on the record, but I like it. Reflected mountains in a lake. Is this too much to take? Asleep or wide awake? Sound. 
Yeah, I guess he forced himself to finish this. It was something he had laying around, and he was, but he really sat down and said, no, instead of watching television, I'm going to sit down here, spend an hour or however long it takes, and finish it. And this is, one of, this is that song that you can hear the uh, iPhone version of it, his demo that he recorded on a phone. Maybe not an iPhone, whatever kind of phone he's got. Extra $17.99 available at <laughs> Target. Yeah. yeah, come on. <laughs> available at Verizon. It, it, <laughs> Do you remember when Memory Almost Full came out? It was available initially, I think exclusively at Starbucks because it was on the Starbucks label. Yeah, Starbucks it, trying to get into the music game. Yeah. The, the label Hear Music, H-E-A-R Music, I was embarrassed at the Second City Starbucks <laughs> seeing my idol CDs being sold next to Buble sings the 50s. Yeah, and Cake Pops. Oh, no, it's the same audience. <laughs> Not K-pop, Cake Pops. <laughs> Have you ever heard a, a bunch of Cake Pops performing Dynamite? It's pretty good. <laughs> Yeah, so moving on from that, the next one is another one that sounds like it could be a bit of a single, and that's Seize the Day. This feels like a classic, old-school, uplifting McCartney song. Yeah, yeah, this is one of my favorites on the record. And again, it has to do with, like, um, COVID. I wish there, I wish it was a better word. COVID is such a... It's an ugly word. Um or just clinical or whatever, but... Oh, wait, you know what you could do? You could be a racist fuckbag and call it the China virus. <laughs> yeah, or worse. That's if, I mean, if you want to be racist, you could do that. You're right, you're right. I, you know what? In 2021, I'm choosing not to be racist. <laughs> good, good choice, Tony. <laughs> this has been the Beatles podcast, Untitled Broadcast. Hey, we're not done. Hold on. <laughs> no, basically he's saying, like, winter is coming, you know, to adopt a phrase, and... Uh, yeah, seize the day. When the cold days come And the old ways fade away There'll be no more sun And we wish that we had held on to the day Seize the day Yeah, you can tell he's got the tea towels over those tom-toms. They're really muffled. And it seems Paul thought this song might be too beatly, but he's a beetle. Yeah, he, he's, a, he's allowed to be beetly. Yeah. We're not talking about squeeze. You know, um, I wish we did. I like squeeze. Uh, yeah, this, um, this is great. And I, I love the notion, uh, the old ways fade away. There'll be no more sun. And I wish we'd held on to the day is another beautiful sentiment that seems equally about COVID as it does his own mortality. Yeah. 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 It does have a terrible twee lyric about Yankee toes and Eskimos. And it's like, yeah. He seemed to think that was a good lyric because he's mentioned it in a few interviews. Like, Oh, I came up with Eskimo toes and that's good. Keep that. I'm like, no, that's the way you needed John to say. <laughs> Can't know. <laughs> he gets fixated on that. One of my, if you go back to look at interviews for the press to play album, he's so impressed with the line in the song press. Oklahoma was never like this. Every interview is like, and I came up with that because it could be the musical of the state. You know, it could be anything you wanted to. But it's like, no, it's not that. It's not, it's like, it's it's a random line. Like, stop talking about it. 
This is one of the better songs, I think, on the record. Yeah, I dig it. I, I think it's a real good song. This this actually sounds like an extension of a song, and I can't place it, but almost like if you mashed up a lot of the Egypt Station songs in a blender and came out with one, this would kind of be that, in a good way, because I love Egypt Station. But this has yeah. kind of that vibe to it. Yeah, man. I actually quite like this next song, too, and I can't explain it. Deep Down, the other deep song. I love this one, too. All right, cool, man. That's cool. It's a long one. It's 552. Like the lyrics, I think, are just totally daffy. But I, I think it's the sound of the song. I, I like the electric piano and the vibe. It's, it's got like a, a nighttime vibe that's fun. Yeah, it, it's one that I would almost want to hear covered by like a, a soul artist. I actually feel like yeah. there's a soulful vibe to this song. You're, you're, I think we're saying the same thing with the kind of mood mm-hmm. and feel of that kind of late night type of song. The lyrics make "Why don't we do it on the road?" look like you know, uh, Sondheim. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. Like, God bless. That's our next podcast: Chaucer and Sondheim. <laughs> Tuesdays on TNT. <laughs> but yeah, this is. Um, uh, it, it's almost hypnotic in a good way, and it's not the longest song, but it is. What is it, clocking at a little about five minutes? I'm not. I'm looking at the t- cassette tape. Five fifty-two. Yeah. Five fifty-two. The the cassette doesn't have the timings on it, but uh, yeah. So it's not the shortest song on there, but it's hypnotic and it's nice and it's interesting. So it's one of my favorites. First time I heard it, and in repeated listens. Yeah, the only thing I would say new choice to is that uh, garage band sounding brass that he's got in there. I like it. Do you? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that it sounds off. I like that it's not a real horn. Like if 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 like a I don't know if John Legend were to cover this, I'd want a live horn section. But something about Paul's voice and the tone and feel of the song, it almost feels cooler to have those fakey horns. See, I would, because of the mood of the song, I wanted to hear something. You know how, like, at the end of um, Talking Heads, Burning Down the House, there's that spooky keyboard that's high? Yeah. I would have liked to hear something like that in this song. I know your musical taste pretty well, and you talk about the end of Burning Down the House. You also love the opening of Ghostbusters. You love that spooky keyboard with program riff, and then Ray Parker Jr. vaguely ripping off Huey Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't afraid of no too many vinyl pressings. (laughs) Um... Are we on the album closer already? Yeah, we're on the closer. And I will say right now, 
the first time I heard this, actually, I, I, I did not tell the truth. The first time I heard this record, I streamed it the morning it came out because I hadn't gotten, I got the cassette later in that day. But as I was listening to this album, making my son breakfast that morning on the 18th, this song made me erupt in tears. Wow. And uh, this next song, uh, it starts with Winter Bird, which is new. Um, and then to your point, became Long Tail Winter Bird, which opened the, the record. But when winter comes, this is a simple song about life on the farm with Paul just plucking an acoustic guitar, providing his own accompaniment. Um, that was recorded, I think, with George Martin producing in the same sessions that gave us um, the beautiful Calico Skies, which wound up on Flaming Pie. And something about the beauty of the song, the simplicity of the lyrics, and the shock, the absolute shock in the context of this album to hear his voice still sound like prime Aaron Paul was just too much for me. I, I, it, it's it's beautifully emotional, and this will go down as one of my favorite songs I think I've ever heard on a McCartney record. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. I got nothing bad to say about and this. And you hate it. <laughs> yeah, no, this song's for assholes. Uh, <laughs> it's like the, this is the most, like, Republican, <laughs> fascist song. No. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a fucking, like they're sucking Jerry Falwell's dick. <laughs> Yeah, and someone's watching it. Uh, uh, so, no, uh, no, this is a beautiful song. George Martin produced it. Uh, it was It's basically just Paul on a guitar, but it was uh, September of 92, going back to then. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, to close the record. I think it's a, it's a beautiful song. It was something that Paul had rediscovered uh, while compiling the Flaming Pie uh, reissue that came out earlier in 2020. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he read somewhere like, oh, if he just put it out as a B-side or a bonus track, it would just get lost in the shuffle, and he wanted to give this song something more, which is why he came into the studio, put down the Winter Bird intro piece, and then that's when COVID hit, and then that's when the rest of this album came out. So this was the beginning of this McCartney 3 record. Must fix the fence by the acre plot Two young foxes have been nosing around the lambs and the chickens won't feel safe until it's done I must dig a drain by the carrot patch The whole crop spoils if it gets too damp And where will we be with an empty store when winter comes? When winter comes and food is scarce Toes to stay indoors when summer's gone, we'll fly away and find the sun when winter comes. This song sounds like the cousin of Mother Nature's son. Or I will like this song to me feels like it could oh, wow. fit on the white album or Ram. Um, I think yeah, that's man. why I love it so much. And to your point about the gift of what he's given us for him to have discovered the song. Think how many artists for whom this would be one of the greatest songs they ever put to record. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying the song is a masterpiece, but just the simplicity and the beauty of it is not easy to write music that sounds like this. Um, and he had this laying around from 92 
on, yeah. uh, and didn't didn't fucking use it for off the ground, so went with Golden Earth Girl. Come on, Paul. <laughs> That's yeah, my man. new. If 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 Deion Sanders hosted uh, a Paul McCartney show, it was, come on, Paul. <laughs> like, um, it's not but too yeah, late. It, it's it's not too late for Dion. Uh, this is um, th- what a gift that we have this. And I mean, ma- there's no song on here with the quality, and maybe I'm amazed. There's no song on here with the quality of coming up. I, I I don't know that that's subjective. I think I think that's a pretty fair assessment to make. But as an album, yeah. I do think this is stronger than either the first or second McCartney's. Yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. It doesn't have those huge important songs on it yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who knows? Maybe in twenty years, well, similar to McCartney too. You know. One of these songs might mean something else. I don't know. God, in, in 10 years, we're all going to go, God, why isn't Deep Deep Feeling longer? <laughs> and someone will make it longer. So someone like... will make it longer for the new remix. <laughs> well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, there'll they'll be a box set that's got the bonus tracks. I actually think there's a Japanese edition where they tack the four bonus tracks onto one CD. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, briefly, those are uh, Women and Wives, a, a version without drums and overdubs and a different middle part. Oh, that's what I got to hear. <laughs> Unplugged Women and Wives. I hope it's as good as Big Boys Bickering. <laughs> you love you love singling that one out. Because it's a pretty... Remember, he ooh, swears, Paul, right? Uh, you know, I, I swore on a record, <laughs> fucking it up for every... <laughs> Now, that was Paul being influenced by the Dice Man. <laughs> oh, fucking it up for everyone. Oh, oh. And there's an acoustic version of Lavatory Lil, um, which where the lyrics are more easy to understand. But other than that, um, the bonus tracks don't offer too much else. There's no huge revelations on it. Yeah. Just other versions of songs. Uh, we're, we're living in a time, Tony, where in 2018, he released a classic album and in 2020 followed it up with another classic album. And, uh, I, I cannot stress enough because there's going to be a time when, when we and Beatle fans who are listening and Beatle fans all over the world will not have any new music from the Beatles anymore because they won't be with us. And life's precious. A- yeah, age doesn't matter as much as luck and good health, whether you're, you can be 90, you can be 20 and you can get ill. So especially with COVID, you take nothing for granted. And that's especially one of the reasons I meant what I said at the top, this changed the last third of my year to have a new Paul McCartney album in the, in a year with so much weirdness and change and sadness. I mean, it's not, there's no need to kind of say the whole year was bad. We all had good moments too, but it's been a hard year globally and certainly politically and to have a new McCartney album of this quality to have to write out the year is is something I'll never forget. Couldn't agree with you more. And then that's why next week we're going to finally tackle Ringo's Bad Boy. Yeah, so next week, Bad Boy, and the week after, Mitch Weissman from the original cast of Beatlemania <laughs> will not be joining us. We don't know how to get in touch with him. Untitled Beatles podcast. Like and subscribe. 